Doma T, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Man, I appreciate it, man. Love the platform. Yeah, listen, um, the passing of Nipsey Hussle, we found out about this yesterday. What was your initial reaction to the murder? The first thing I thought was I hoped it was it was close to April Fool's and I hoped it was a sick joke. I'm not going to lie. I was hoping that maybe this was false because for me, he represented something that I really resonated with as an African living in America. You know, he was East African and later on connected more closely with his culture later on in life. And a lot of what he learned from going and visiting Africa when he was 18 years old is what I learned when I visited about four years ago. And, you know, it was it just it just hit me like a big loss to the hip hop community. But also just for young black African-American men in general who have made it out of tough situations. Domiti, I just think that it was just really foreshadowing in some ways, because as his tweets came up just a couple hours before the murder, having enemies is a blessing. I'm just wondering, it was how cryptic was that for you, and did it hit like it hit me? Like, was that some foreshadowing that he might have known? Exactly. That that is the thing that shook me to my core when I read that tweet. Because you know, the first thing is kind of morbid, but as soon as people pass, we start to write these stories. We go right to the Instagram accounts. We go to the Instagram accounts of the loved one. Those those Twitter accounts. They're always, you know, in, in most cases, you get these rare tweets. And so I wonder, was there an altercation that we didn't know about that he had with somebody? Or is there some meat to these conspiracy theories that people are putting out there about maybe he had an inkling that someone, you know, wanted him gone because of some projects he'd been working on? I don't know. Well, how, how much did his music give us all a glimpse of the scene in Los Angeles in the streets? Yeah, he had this, This um, not only was it the sound and the energy with which he rapped, but he talks in blue laces um, in great detail about growing up in gang culture in Compton. The song Blue Laces, which has a part one and a part two, one on his mixtape Marathon and another on his album Victory Lap, um, talks about how the code of the streets rested in the color of the shoestrings of your shoes, you know? And so he was like, since he was a crip, he wore blue laces. And he said, with that came a code of honor. It came a, a no snitching idea. It came a camaraderie among people from the same neighborhood who were willing to fight for one another. He talks about not only the dangers of uh, gang culture and gang life, but also the positives that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, in terms of young men who grew up without mentorship, having people that they can look to as father figures who taught them a code of ethics, who gave them rules and guidelines and these parameters by which to live. And he talks about in these records and in a lot of his other music, how you can use that same energy, that same familial, uh, those lessons, that ethics to transform it for good as long as you can bring peace between warring gang factions like the Bloods and the Crips. And on the song Blue Laces 2, for me personally, it wasn't just about the L.A. scene, but there's this story he tells about a friend of his who shot and he's riding in the car with his friend while the guy is bleeding mm. and they're joking with each other and he's trying to tell him to breathe and stay calm and all of these things. For me personally, I've lost a, a close friend to gun violence.
that song reminds me very much of my close friend. And so it wasn't just the LA street scene, but it also showed us the street scenes of, of, of hoods all across the country. And, you know, he spoke for a lot of people. And I think that's why we're seeing some of the outpouring of support we're seeing today. Number two, Pongo from MTV News with us. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app as we talk about the late Nipsey Hussle, 33 years old, gunned down because of uh, gun violence. I, I want to ask about um, that, that, that quintessential Nipsey Hussle album that was just press play, no skips. What was that for you? That was Victory Lap, man. That was the one, man. It was... Uh... Every other album, I enjoyed most of his projects. The Marathon was great. Crenshaw, which was the mixtape that he sold for $100 a pop, uh, was a great body of work, too. But Victory Lap was the first one where you hear him really coming to his own. And he talks about, in past interviews, how he was able to do that was, was because all of the producers and engineers and everyone who was involved in the album stayed under one roof. And did that project together and it had been pushed back multiple 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 times when it finally came out it was a body of work that virtually no skips nominated for a grammy was a testament to after 13 mixtapes uh what he was actually capable of and a lot of and, and the reason why a lot of people really rock with nipsey so tough is because his music transcended hip-hop in that a lot of people who are fans of him as a person aren't always necessarily fans of his music they were fans of his uh, a business acumen as an entrepreneur and i felt like with victory lap it was the first time he put down a lot of his side projects and focused primarily on the music and what we got out of it was a really phenomenal body of work his side projects and working with people of los angeles and crenshaw really made him unique there's plenty of guys that have bars there's plenty of artists right. that do really well but i think the idea of him to me resonates more with how he's trying to help the community because when you're at a certain level as you well know if you don't reach down and try to help people and try to pull them up by the bootstraps it doesn't um it, you're kind of wasting your time yeah you're making money but what about helping others and i think that that is the thing that sticks out to me more than anything else yeah me too man that that's that's what made him such a powerful guy and i had a chance to like I didn't never got to meet him, but I got a chance to see that firsthand when I visited the marathon store uh, out there in L.A. And you got these brothers, I kid you not, Jonathan, with tattoos all over their face, up and down their arms with the best customer service you could ever ask for. You know, how you doing? Can I help you? What can I show you? They actually pulled up the phone, my phone, and pulled up this marathon clothing app. And on the app, you can point your phone toward an item in the store and it would automatically play a music video or a song that corresponded with the item. And it was one of the most innovative things I've ever seen as far as a, a commerce, a hip hop store. And these guys were, you know, we had a conversation. They said, yeah, man, you know, one of them said, I knew Nipsey's for since we were in grammar school. And when I had gotten out of jail, he gave me a job. And this is this is the way I'm feeding my family. I don't have to go to the streets anymore. He was like, I used to hustle right outside this store on this corner, and now I can come here and work legitimately. And that was Nipsey's dream. He bought up. He, he once was kicked out of the, the 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 mall where his store was located. He was kicked out of one of the businesses there, and he vowed that he would come back and buy the store. And that's exactly what he did. He bought up multiple businesses in that area. Domati, lastly, uh, could you tell everybody? what you believe his legacy is. I continue to see people in the outpouring on Instagram and other places about the passing, but in, in your mind, 
as a fan of his music and what he's able to do for people, what is his legacy? I wish I could attribute this specifically to the account that I got it from, but I cannot remember where I saw the post. But someone said, I think it was a media personality from Chicago at UIC called Leo from the GOAT who said that Nipsey Hussle was proof of concept and that he followed in the footsteps of Jay-Z, the masterpiece, and showed us that no matter where you come from, if you have an idea, if you have the drive, you have the passion, you are allowed to not only be creatively talented in whatever your passion is, but you can use that to open doors for so many people through business, through STEM research. He started a STEM school for young people to start using science, technology, engineering, and math, and and get kids in Crenshaw uh, acclimated to these things. He talked about real estate. He was a business owner. He was a guy who uh, was early on on starting to uh, uh, invest in Bitcoin. And there's even a meme floating around that seven money and ownership lessons from Nipsey Hussle, which focus on breaking the chains of poverty within our families and, and putting forth uh, uh, wealth management and generational wealth, real estate, economics, while at the same time being authentically you and showing that you don't have to put on a suit and tie and conform um, just to be successful and be a pillar in your community. And I think he really represents that to the core. And so, you know, that's why I was so um, happy to jump at the at the opportunity to talk longer than two minutes uh, about someone who meant so much to, to me, to the block, and, and to, to businessmen alike. So, you know, Jay Hood, I appreciate you for, for the platform to, to just uplift somebody who has been, you know, not only a beacon to me, but also a, a kind of a proof of concept to, to people like us who have so many other things that we want to do with this life. Domiti, thank you so much. Man, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Domiti Pongo from MTV News with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000.